mean babies. I'll come. I'll come and do it. I once went to a friend's birthday and they had Ikea furniture they had him put up. And through the birthday party, I just sat in his room and I put together his furniture. Yeah. Because I love putting together Ikea furniture. I'm insane, but you know, I, I mentioned that as a joke, right? I know, but that's like it, I feel it's like, so affirming. I know, but it's like my Asianness and my Swedishness coming together. Hello, welcome to Comedy with an Accent podcast. I'm your Taiwanese comedian Quan Wen. I interview comedians who perform English stand-up comedy, but who are not native English speakers, or they can have very distinct British. Regional accent. This podcast is all about comedy, about accent, about languages, and about the comedy technique. So stay tuned if you're interested. Hello, welcome back to another episode of Comedy with an Accent podcast. I have a very precious guest today. <laughs> I'm in a very emotional mood because she's almost my big sister. Although it turns out I'm much older than her, but she is a more experienced comedian. Today, the comedian comes from. This is another country on the bucket list from Sweden.、Hello. We are gradually matching and finishing the map of Scandinavia. Let me recite some of your accolades, comedian. Actor, writer from Gothenburg, Sweden. She was selected for the Big Valley Showcase, the prestigious Pleasant Reserve. She has been in Amazon Prime's The Wheel of Time and Spider-Man: Far From Home. Is that right? There are so、yeah. many Spider-Man. I don't know which yeah, one is. Yeah, Far From Home. Yeah. So the guest today is one of the top East Asian comedian on the UK circuit. Although she only spent half her time here, like a tech stodger. But I'm sure that's not her intention. Let's welcome. Evelyn Mark. Yay! Should I applaud myself?、Uh, yes, please, because there's no audience. <laughs> It was such a big introduction. Oh、Lovely. my god, I forgot to mention the now retired Rice to Meet You podcast. <laughs> so she was one half the co-host of the now retired Rice to Meet You.、Mm-hmm. Doesn't the name Rice to Meet You sound a bit ironic now? How do you mean? Rice to meet you, but you're not there to meet anyone anymore. You just no, adieu. No, <laughs> Rice to goodbye. <laughs> Rice to not... goodbye you, yeah. Also, you know, like a Chinese zombie film,、uh-huh. and one way to dispel the zombie is to throw rice. So I know. No, that sounds <laughs> racist, Quan Wen. Rice to rice to meet you. Are you like, serious? Is that rice to goodbye? No, it's true. If、What? you look at those、uh, Hong Kong Chinese zombie movie、yeah. made in the nineties, yeah, and if you get poked by their nails, you get infected. Oh, one really? One way to treat it is. To put a sticky rice on it. That's so racist. <laughs> It's not racist. The film was made by Hong Kong people. It just sounds really just stereotypical. It's like, oh, we'll just use. I guess it, rice is very important for Chinese people, and so it's like, yeah,、everything. only southern Chinese people. Yes, that's true. Because northern true. Chinese people is all about yeah, wheat-based、yeah. noodles. But yeah, no, let's not confine ourselves because we're just having two East Asian in a room and talking <laughs> incessantly about rice. Let's not. Do that, Evelyn just got out of the flight. She's I did, flying, yeah. And we are recording this episode before a rather important gig this evening. We're gonna do a gig for the British Library. The Asians are taking over. We're doing a gig with Ken Cheng. Ken Cheng, yes. Yeah. Although the gig is called Chinese comedians and、uh, Chinese comedian singular and guest, but when they were doing the Instagram story, whoever is in charge of the social media, one of them just say, "Come watch the Chinese comedians plural," and put my face there. Say, <laughs> "Oops, my Taiwanese pals are gonna、oh, kill."、No. Oh, I know. Oh no! Yeah, how prominent a was. visible Taiwanese community in Sweden? Um, I not a huge one, but there are Taiwanese people in Sweden. Of course, there are. I learned I learned Mandarin from Taiwanese people in Sweden. My mom did too. Oh, yeah. 
So bless mom, you. <laughs> <laughs> but I think I think the Taiwanese Mandarin is much more clearer than like it the depends Chinese. on very young people. We mumble. I don't, but the young people mumble a lot. Oh. We don't really pronounce the consonant, so it can be a bit confusing. <gasps> really? That's why. Yeah, oh. that's why. Although it doesn't sound quite as harsh. Okay, I yeah. am gonna follow my usual structure. So okay, I make sure I don't <laughs> overlook any questions about us. And I am going to try to disrupt it. <laughs> Is, am I succeeding? Not really. It's more like the pumpkin soup I had is succeeding because most of my blood in my stomach right now. <laughs> yeah, Quan Wen took us for lunch and he had a pumpkin soup and I had mac and cheese truffle and then I had fried chicken and I'm very tired. <laughs> I have fried rice. We are both carved up. We so are much carb. I have to say, like, I've noticed that I bloat in my face. And you're lucky this is not a visual I know. Podcast. I'm so lucky. <laughs> I haven't showered. I'm bloated. I have a zit on my forehead. So I'm very lucky this isn't video. I do have to say, oh, I'm going to have some video clips for promotion purposes. Uh -huh. I mean, I am taking a big risk here because I'm sitting here just unshowered with the video that you're going to put up on Instagram. <laughs> to but be I'm okay. fair, I'm okay I cannot with it. verify the unshower bit because I don't smell a thing. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> you Thank see, you. I used to live in Berlin when people don't shower. You know. <laughs> right, so Evelyn, my usual question is, I think it's a particularly valid question for you. Uh -huh. Do you think when you speak English that you have an accent? Um, I mean... And also, don't give me that I speak with American accent crap, okay? Some people may disagree, but when you speak by default a Midwestern American accent uh -huh. or the British receipt pronunciation, it doesn't count as an accent. Okay, yeah. yeah. You know, you're right. I don't think I speak with an accent. Or the thing is, I've worked really hard to not speak with an accent, to sound American. When I was a kid, I was obsessed with America. And I wanted to sound American because that's how Zach Morris sounded. And now when I said Zach, I sounded not American. But Who I'm is Zach Morris? From Saved by the Bell. Mark Paul Grossler. This is when I feel like I'm talking to a Republican. Like we what? Are not <laughs> Republican? We are talking, but we are not communicating. <laughs> I got zero reference from you. I have no idea. Saved by the Bell. It was a big sitcom in the... 80s, 90s? Okay, the commission in Taiwan decided not to buy yeah, it. Yeah, so I never yeah, they saw didn't it. buy okay. it. Sweden is really Americanized, so they bought like all of the American shows. So we had Saved by the Bell, we had Friends, we had Frasier, um, we had Family Matters, we had I'm Fresh Prince. I'm giving an example of a popular sitcom you never get to see in uh -huh. Taiwan. The Prince of Bel-Air. Yeah. It's always sunny in Philadelphia. Oh, yeah? So they're absolutely culturally significant, but they were not... Come exported. to Taiwan. They're not come to Taiwan. Yeah. But somehow they decided did that we should be able to watch Mary for Children. Love <laughs> and the marriage, love and the marriage. Peg. So yeah. I don't know who Zach Morris is, but I do know who else is. So back to the question. <laughs> you work really hard to try to sound American because you're did. obsessed with Zach Morris. Yeah, I'm obsessed with America. I wanted to move to America. And I also think it's because when I was a kid, I grew up in Sweden. I'm Chinese. My parents are Chinese. I didn't feel like I was very connected with Swedish culture. Like I felt, I felt like an outsider. I felt very othered because Sweden is also like, Sweden's not great when it comes to integration. They maybe have become better. I'm not sure, but not very good. So when I was little, I didn't feel connected to Sweden and my parents they worked all the time so I was a latchkey kid which means that they were working and we were at home being looked after by our grandparents and so my companion or like my friend was TV 
And so I watched American shows and then I felt like I found a community. So is it that in the little Evelyn's mind, yeah. where you actually live, you, where your physical community were not 100% receptive of you. Yeah. So you idealize the cultural American role yeah. on TV. Think that if I make an effort and sound like them, it will be my future home. Yes, exactly, Kwan Wen. Very well therapized. <laughs> that is so, that's very happy. Okay, to not make this into a therapy session. Oh, I'm no, gonna... but I love it. Everything I do becomes a therapy session. I know, but there's so many of them in Edinburgh Fringe Festival right now. If I go to one more show and come in and say, uh-huh. I've found out that I have ADHD, I can't <laughs> have this anymore. Deep down, I wondered, am I censoring myself? Are there people judging me for, oh, you are doing this podcast with an agenda? You always pick an immigrant to represent a certain country. I said, no, I just invite people who I know better and who are already uh... on the UK circuit. I think it happens, especially when I was in Berlin. There are more German comedians from a minority background because mm-hmm. they be thinking about this for their whole life. Yes, They have exactly. something they want to say. Yeah. They've been dying to trying to find an outlet to say, have you ever realized my point of view? Yeah. Because in real life, you never really cherish my point of view. And now I have the microphone and you are listening. So I'm going to let you know yeah. my point of view. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It definitely is how I ended up in stand-up, I think. I just wanted to tell my story because I never saw my perspective in those American shows or on TV. So I think somehow I wanted to communicate my version of life to people. And obviously the information will filter from little childhood era Evelyn because mm. you are learning an accent mm-hmm. linking yourself to a country that allows mm-hmm. the free carrying of guns. <laughs> <laughs> yes, exactly. I will say though, when I get tired, my accent gets worse. My accent gets more Nordic. I think so. It probably starts sounding more Nordic. I start slipping on my S's. Right. Because that's a very Nordic thing. Okay. Julian, our sound tag, when Evelyn talks, could you tell she's not American or she can be American? I sound very American, don't I? You couldn't pick up a clue that her mother tongue is another language apart from English. Thank you. <laughs> That's what I thought. I've since realized after I talked to various guests, their English can be so fluent, they can deceive me, but they're still not fluent enough to deceive a native speaker. Ah. And a lot of my guests are in that category. But I suspected I suspected that you are so good at faking American yeah. accent. I finally got my proof. So on the <laughs> event we're going tonight, uh-huh. there was an Asian American lady, yeah. a New Yorker, uh-huh. and she commented on, I wonder where she's from because initially I thought she's American. Oh, really? Yes, I finally got to prove I need it. How you are yeah. perceived by native speakers, for a lot of people, is good enough to fool them. Thank you. But do you know personally when, when oh. did you slip? When I start slipping. You get tired. So I, when I get tired. Scandinavian vowels start to come out. I don't know how <laughs> it sounds. It's really bad. They don't sound like that. <laughs> well, yes, I do. When I get tired, my S's start slipping. So I say, like, for instance, Zach. It's Zach. Or like Zed's Zach, but then you say the sack, sack. Is there so a it difference? Sounds, yeah, because Swedes, maybe Scandinavians, their S's are more like S, S, whereas Americans are more like S, S. Yeah. Okay. For instance, if you say stop is stop, but then stop. I, I don't know. So, I can't. No, no, but the stop you did sounds definitely yeah. very Nordic. Yeah. Or like... Um, Salad, sa- salad. Yeah. <laughs> it's very like, subtle, I guess. Can I but... leave the room now? This bit doesn't interest me yeah. at all. This is so dry and so boring. 
I really Sa- can't tell much. Like but that. when you say the stop, you have this sort of. Yeah, but then I said it in Swedish. Yeah, stop, uh, slut. Uh... <laughs> I do tend to slip up when I'm tired, and sometimes when I'm tired, I tend to speak Swedish without knowing that I'm. It's happened when I've woken up, when I've been in bed with somebody, and I've woken up and I just start speaking Swedish. I'm in England, and it's an probably English shouldn't. Person. But are you describing after some hookup sex scenario? <laughs> yes. Okay. Well, cool. Yeah. Thank you for clarifying. But I'm thinking in a buzzbeat way. Like mm-hmm. the conclusion I wrongly draw from that is sexual intercourse reveals <laughs> your Swedish accent. <laughs> All my dirty talk is in Swedish. It's not hot. It's not hot. It's um. It's very. So I had a Norwegian guest on. Uh-huh. And he's been told that he sounded like the guy in Frozen. Oh, Yoo-hoo. big summer, something oh, like the, that. Who's that? Thor, a Thor Stanhouse. So, oh. so he's been told he get that intonation. Oh and yeah, I think, yeah. Oh Thor, I met Thor. He's so sweet. <laughs> yeah, and I don't know the difference between sort of Norwegian. Oh, and Norwegians Swedish. are more like Swedes are a bit more melodic, but Norwegians are more like oh. Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> I I personally find I that the Swedish chef you're the giving yourself too much compliment. I wouldn't call <laughs> Swedish melodic. Uh, I would call it bouncy, but I, melodic is a bit of stretch. I just <laughs> but it's like, because as an avid Eurovision fan, uh-huh. I do watch the melody. Yeah, whatever you call it. melody yeah. festival. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I have to say, like Mons uh, similar, right? Yeah, he's really hot. But when he speaks <laughs> Swedish, nah, minus ten percent. Nah. Really? Yeah. Yeah. He speaks Swedish. Well, he has an accent. Mons has a Swedish accent. Or no, he has a southern Swedish accent. So it's... They were never pure Swedish. They yes, were exa- contaminated they were by Danish people. Exactly. <laughs> and so that's why you find it not hot. Because this Danes is the kind of geopolitics that people also scanning about wouldn't even bother. Um, Danish is the worst language in the world. <laughs> I wanted to ask you, because I had a Kurdish-Danish guest recently. Oh, okay. Yeah. And I asked her this question. I didn't know where I even got it. I asked her whether it's true uh-huh. that Danish are considered the most vulgar people in Scandinavia. Vulgar, yes. Yeah. But then the conversation sort of stopped because I thought that by vulgar, it meant like people who burp or something. He didn't know. She just think that the Danish people's sense of humor is more crass. They probably are more crass. They are more politically incorrect, but also they are drunks. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> I'm being so xenophobic towards Danes, but like I'm a Swedish person. It's okay. They are the most xenophobic in Scandinavia for the moment. So yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. And just prove that the Denmark's market is not large enough. So Evelyn's obviously not afraid of being cancelled by Danes. Or, okay. <laughs> no, but because I'm Swedish, we also have like our beef with Danes. Swedes and Danes don't get along. I think Danes and Norwegians kind of like each other because they understand each other. But like from a Swedish perspective, Danes are they're drunks who have no manners. <laughs> okay, and for Danes, Swedish are just pretentious? Yes, exactly. Swedes are pretentious and prissy. And then you all see Finns as the background. Oh yeah, Finns are just like, <laughs> you know, drunk all the time. That's what we consider. And then the Norwegians, they're rich, but they're dumb. That's so I guess if you only concentrate on a Nordic market in huh? comedy, these uh-huh. are the go-to stereotypes. Yeah, the, those are on. the stereotypes. But yeah. you know really well, once you're outside that zone, we don't really care. Yeah, nobody cares. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, You, you think outside that we're all the, the zone, same. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're all correct to say we are the nice social paradise that yeah. all human civilization yeah, yeah. aspires to. <laughs> achieve and then you have to mention by the way we made ikea ha 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 yeah, you yeah. love meebles ha 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 yeah. we are f- great a eurovision ha, 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 ha. i don't think every single winning song from sweden was fully deserving though what 
to... Yeah, yeah, yeah. I have, Excuse I'm, me, I'm, I'm which sorry. one? Uh, take me to the heaven. Yeah, na, well, I mean... Na, na, na. Okay, this, I get this, it, This is yeah. a low period of Eurovision yeah, in the early 90s. True. Yeah, she's not that great, but... <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Euphoria, great. Yeah. Abba, great. Yeah. What more have we had? <laughs> I don't know. You were bragging about it. I know. And then you only came up with two examples. Yes. You didn't even hear the 50%. Mons. We had Mons. What's his song? Heroes of the Time. Was it that one? Can't I don't remember. think you actually know Eurovision as much as I do. I don't. You're gay. <laughs> I cannot keep. How but could you I? You are Swedish. But how could I? Uh, even though I'm Swedish, you're gay. Who, how could I who, keep up? Who was Swedish entry this year? To Eurovision. Yeah. It's a lady called Cornelia with very That's sexy. That's right, Cornelia Jacobs. <laughs> Cornelia Jacobs. Shame on you. <laughs> I will say, I have had a few Americans recently. I've met a few and they're like, oh, we didn't know that you weren't American, which is quite cool. Is it because when you started your site, you didn't address your background at all? Oh, yeah, I didn't know. You just um, assume that you look like you know I'm like an Asian immigrant somewhere. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I guess now I'm trying to get away from it and just do jokes. But I'm in this middle at the moment. I'm Yeah, because in the beginning, I used to always feel like I had to address what this was, what I am, because it's so much. As you say, like my parents are Chinese, but my mom is also Indian. And then I grew up in Sweden and I have this American accent, but then I live in London. So it's like I have so much going on that it's like if I just start taking things from the different parts without explaining it up front in a joke, then people will be confused, I thought. But I'm very I intrigued know. by a part of you that you just mentioned. I mm -hmm. only realized today because I was looking at your Wikipedia. She has a Wikipedia entry, but <laughs> whether she Wikipedia. did it herself, let's not ask about it. But <laughs> I only noticed that that your mom, that you you grew up in India up to the age of ten. No, I didn't grow up in India. Oh. My mom did. Your so mom whomever did. wrote my Wikipedia page, you got it wrong. No, actually, I got it wrong. No, you talk about it in your show Hyman Maneuver about the migration of your mom's size family. And I'm gonna come back to the accent. Oh, okay. Because with a lot of comics, I think our journey is slightly more. I wouldn't say straightforward because we have to explain our background either because our accent tied to our visual mm -hmm. or the accent is so strong if you don't explain it becomes distraction mm -hmm. in your case though because you do an American accent so well mm -hmm. <laughs> and people are vaguely aware that especially in West Coast America like Asian American really is a thing yeah so yeah. you can afford not to explain if you choose could, not to yeah. you're absolutely fine yeah and even if you kind of talk about you're from Sweden I guess people have the perception that Swedish people are very fluent in English. So yeah. it's perfectly normal for you to have an accent-free American accent. Yeah. So you don't have to explain audio-wise. But no. visually, it's visually. <laughs> people still expect you to talk about it. I guess, as you said, it's like I could get away with not talking about it. But then if I bring up Sweden in the middle of my set, I would have to explain it then. So I wouldn't be able to have as free of a playing ground, I guess, yeah. unless I cover it up front. But I've started to do it less and less because I don't talk about Sweden that much. I just talk about my life now. 
rather. But the Swedish comedian Evelyn, if she chose to talk about her hometown,、mm. she has to go the extra mile to earn the credentials to talk about it. Basically, in terms of comedic, it, your work and time spent,、mm. you can't just jump straight into. So let me tell you a stereotype about my home country, Sweden. Yeah. Because if you do nothing, you just jump into it. Yeah. The audience will be like. But who are you to talk about Sweden? Exactly. In a way,、yeah. in an ideal world, you know that this question shouldn't exist. Yeah. But comics work with reality. Yeah. The reality is, you know, the audience will say, "Oh, hang on a second, you're Sweden. How?、Yeah. Why? Explain." Exactly, and you just have to deal with it up front. I did it once where I didn't talk about. I didn't do like a rundown of who I am, and then I had a joke where I mentioned Sweden. And I was like, "Oh, why did they laugh at that?" And then I was like, "Oh, yeah, I didn't explain it." So they were like, "What? Why is she mentioning Sweden?" So it's like you say, because that's what comedy is: it's subverting expectations or affirming expectations、mm. on stage. To a certain extent, that's what it is. So if you're gonna be on stage and talk about parts that aren't obvious to you, because I could, I wouldn't have to mention that I'm Chinese. People see that I'm Chinese, but because the Swedish thing is something that they can't see or even hear at this point. I have to address it, or、so、I have to bring set, it up. So if you're addressing something relating to the Chinese culture,、mm. you don't start from zero because visually there's a clue. You just、yeah. follow up from their expression of you after、exactly. your appearance. Yeah. But if you want to talk about Sweden for them, it's something starting from scratch. Yes, exactly. So,、um, I mean, obviously they have first and second generation people in the UK as well. Once you mention that I'm like, oh, I'm Chinese, but I'm from Sweden, like born and raised in Sweden, then it's like, oh yeah, okay, that's like being Chinese and born and raised here. They get that, but it's just the fact that I'm Swedish. Has there been a time you thought it would be easier if you just deliberately do a stronger Swedish-accented English? No. Have you ever tried it? No. At all? No, no. No. I think I've accidentally. And the thing is, it wasn't even Swedish. It was like I know the earlier. Uh, when I did stand up, when I was on stage, I had a certain cadence or a certain、um, tone that might have sounded like an accent, but to me, that was just how funny sounded. That's your stage way of speaking. Yes, yes, exactly.、Yeah. That was my stage way of speaking. Like I would say words in a weird way because it just sounded funny to me. Now that you mention it, I I thought I would only do this later, but、oh, okay. I actually had a video. Oh yeah. From your 2013. Oh my god. <laughs> So that was one of my key questions today.、Uh-huh. I remember watching this when we first met in 2015, and I saw your name as a headliner. So I Google and I found earlier clips of you starting out in the UK, which was around 2012, 13. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And I feel at that time you had a more distinct non-American accent. I couldn't explain,、oh. but I just concluded that was your Nordic accent. But、yeah. you're probably someone who's really good at languages. And after you moved to the English-speaking country, you were able to improve on your accent. So that's why you got rid of Of their accent, but that's always my impression. I didn't、uh-huh. expect that for you. That's a stage way of speaking. It was a stage way of speaking. It was never conscious. I think it had to do with nerves. I was nervous, and so I would go up and I would like when I first started stand up. I had a character. I performed as a character on stage. Oh, what? Does the character has a name, or just for you is the mode you go? go it was、into? the mode.、Uh, it, it was my name, but it was a very distinct character. So it was like a very shy, introverted girl. Who would go up and、uh, when I moved to the UK, that was when I first started to do stand up without the character. Oh. So I was getting out of that character. So I think that that might be some remnants from the character that I used to do because I used to be so nervous going up on stage. I had so much stage fright, and so the only way I could go up, one day I went up and just this character came out, and then I was like, oh okay, 
this works and it's funny and I could be on stage not having to be myself. All of my nerves just go into this character hmm. and I don't have to be scared about being on stage. So the character was kind of like a way of dealing with my stage fright. And then as I... I guess got more experienced. I wanted to try and do stand up as myself, but I always, always had a lot of stage fright. So I think the accent that you're Referring hearing in this, to, yeah, yeah, in this clip, it's more a result of nerves rather than conscious decision making. Dumb people's way to describe the word <laughs> Dumb hate. people's way. You know, like, for example, I would listen to this podcast. They keep talking about the word cathartic. I said, what does that mean? <laughs> I think I've heard it everywhere. But then they finally explain cathartism is for you to really <laughs> let out and channel your grief or emotions yeah. through. It's an emotional release of pent up tension. But there must be a simpler way of saying this, right? Like we can say it's quite therapeutic. Yeah, you can say it's therapeutic. Yeah, yeah. so um, yeah. I just want to make people uh -huh. feel they can connect to what you're saying. Okay. So, do you have a simpler word for the cadence you just explained and mentioned? The way you used to talk uh -huh. was not actually a Swedish or Nordic accent. It no. was just a stage speak. It was, uh, yeah, I think it was nerves. Like it just came out of me being nervous. But also that's how funny sounded to me. Like I used to have one-liners about my vagina and yeah. I would say, and people always commented oh, on the those. way I said vagina. Because I say like... One got you into trouble. One got me into trouble. With Welsh people. Yeah. My vagina is like Wales. People only visit ironically. Yes. Exactly. Is that right? <laughs> yeah. Word by word. <laughs> it did, yeah. <laughs> it's word by word. Yeah. It was publicized in The Guardian of one of like the best jokes of the Fringe 2017. And then a Picked lot of... by other comedians. No. Yeah. Was it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I was reading. Oh, really? What comedian find other comedians funny? And there was a lot of recommendation of you by other comics and then make reference to your... Really? Yeah. Oh, that's nice. I didn't know that. I thought the... I, we just had to send them in. <laughs> no, unless you keep saying it. Just don't stop saying it. Come on. Make a continuous that's effort really to funny. promote fellow comedians. That's funny. Well, I used to say my vagina. Yeah. Like I say vagina yeah. in that way. It's just the... You like, over-articulate yeah and it's also like it's just a funny way of saying it and it's just like i like the way it sounds so when i spoke on stage i, I would just be like how does it sound the funniest this word and like, i would say like in my pants and you know like stuff like that so it's just like really emphasize the syllables yeah yeah i have so to say though i don't do this to all the guests i know you a little bit better and to play the video in front of that yeah. person <laughs> when they started the comedy career and then incredibly it. impolite and cruel and <laughs> Awkward, <laughs> just it cringe. Awkward, it's cringe, yeah. cringe right? It really I think awkward. it's only because it's Evelyn today. I think, okay, I'll go there. Uh, <laughs> but when you said you find that just this, how funny something yeah. to you, yeah. is it because some older traditional Swedish comedian or some traditional American comedian gave you the idea? Where did you get that idea from? That way of talking is how funny it sounded like. <laughs> I get it's probably from my friend Maria. Uh, her name is Maria. Oh, that's so Swedish. Where you <laughs> yeah. just pronounce Maria? <laughs> She's half Finnish, half Swedish, and Maria. We started comedy together, and she's a really, really funny person. And I actually met her yesterday as well. She's really, really funny. And she would have such a funny way of speaking. And I think after hanging out with her, I picked it up. Oh, yeah, this is how funny sounds. Like, you have to, you have to sound funny as well. Or not have to sound funny, but there's something about sounding funny and playing with 
sound and words when you're a stand-up if you have a certain way of speaking like hannibal burris has a very special cadence mark normand mm-hmm. uh john mulaney has a very special cadence yes. like and if you oh, i wonder be- whether that changed after the lapse oh <laughs> i've I don't got know. his ticket absolutely pricey but anyway sorry, <laughs> cut you off. yeah i think he's one of the greats so you know like especially when you work with jokes because jokes are rhythm that's what i find mm. it's just like you know this like if you place a word here in the beginning maybe that doesn't work as good as you placing it at the end that's a very basic joke writing yeah. thing because i would joke around and stuff but i never thought about how i was telling a story or how i was telling a joke because i was only with my friends and when you're with your friends you have flow and you you don't think you just go but then when you do comedy on stage for people who don't have your references you're like oh I have to think about how I'm presenting this to people who don't know me. And I have to think about how I formulate this and how it sounds. If you can figure that out, because you need as many shortcuts as you can Mm -hmm. to get to your point quick enough or get to your punchline quick enough. Maybe that was what I was figuring out as I was starting out. In, in, you were finding your voice in a very cliche way. Yeah. Basically, yeah. your friend appeared to be very funny to you. Yeah. But my, my appeared? Quad... She is very funny. No, she, she is, is very funny. No, quad she quad is very funny. <laughs> but when I say appear, I use the word uh, with a specific point in mind. Uh-huh. Now thinking back, do you find that was she actually just a naturally funny person and that's her way of speaking or her way of speaking actually does make her funnier? She was a naturally funny f- person with a certain, yeah. With yeah, but when you started out, it's more difficult for you to differentiate. So whatever mm. is in her package, you then think that is a value where it can amplify your stage effect. Well, the thing is when you start hanging out with people, you adapt. Yeah. Right. Because if you bond over being funny or if you bond over making each other laugh, you tap into how that person's funny. They tap into how you're funny and then you kind of mesh because that's how you communicate with each other and that's how you bond and that's how you make each other this laugh. This is absolutely enlightening. That's just like human bonding, isn't no, it? No, but I'm saying your thought process and how you get here ah. and... I'm guessing for people who discover Evelyn through Rice to Meet You, because mm. you're very casual, very you, and you're just naturally funny, bouncing off with Nigel, Thank your co-host you. at that time. But when they discover you through Rise to Meet You and they Google your YouTube video uh-huh. and they found your older video, oh, God. they would be kind of shocked. Yeah. I verify some of the comments like, oh, I didn't know Evelyn talked like this on stage. It's a very different way of talking of you being a host of a uh, podcast. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. so you're saying comedy, especially from the uh, earlier one. I think yeah. later one, you have a more natural way of talking yeah yeah definitely now now i'm different on stage but it's all like from my development as well because especially like doing a character at first and then i was very depressed for a very long time i was basically depressed my entire time in the uk and that's up until what time (sighs) from like 2012 2013 to like up until maybe 2020 yeah it was a really long time and so i think my depression because sometimes you know when you have mental health issues uh comedy like stand-up could either help it because it could be a place where you could go up and be creative and vent and Mm -hmm. just kind of have as a playground or it can double down and uh, exacerbate it or exacerbate it (laughs) Uh, you see my S's and I'm tired, so you can I tell. still couldn't tell really? the difference. No, it's too remote maybe for a Mandarin speaker. Yeah, maybe it's me. But do you have like temporary relief and the consequences show up later? Or is it actually a continuous negative downward spiral, but you, you just couldn't get out of it? Yeah. 
the second one. <laughs> I mean, I was still doing things, but I had a very tough time and I had a very critical voice going in my head all the time. And it really affected my relationship with stand-up. I just could not, I didn't find any joy in doing stand-up, which I had previously. It was just, I did not want to be seen by the world, but then I was still doing stand-up and that's not a good combination. So it was a big struggle for a very long time. And now I sort of paused stand-up, had to just work on getting better. And now I'm in a place where I feel very good. And I've just started stand-up again to see if I actually can do it, if I still have the nerve to do it. Because, you know, after you go through depression, you change. Or it's me, I changed because what I went through was heavy. Stand-up is a true love. So I, I always wished that I could come back to it. And so now I've started doing it again, but in Sweden where I feel it's a safe space. Because in London, I broke. You can't really heal in the place you broke. So I'm doing it in Sweden and I'm just kind of seeing if I can do it again. If I, if I still have the nerve to do it, as in I am able to manage the anxious side of it. The fun side is really fun. But it's the it's the more anxious side that I'm trying to see if I can manage. It's it's going well and I'm enjoying it. And I'm actually realizing that I can handle the more complicated side of stand-up now. And now it's like I, I do want to be seen again. So I think the videos that are up is me trying to find my voice, but also it's me struggling with myself. And it, I, I don't know, yeah, maybe it's evident. I had a character, like a, an actual character that wasn't me. It was like a very introverted girl who just went up on stage saying dirty stuff. I mean, I still say the dirty stuff, but I'm not as introverted. And then as I was going out of it, I had a persona, mm -hmm. which still kind of wasn't me, but it was a version of myself that an I think... unfinished exorcism. Yeah, yeah, I guess so, yeah. An unfinished exorcism. Or it was a version of me that I that I wanted to be in my private life. I used to feel this way. The only time I could be myself truly was when I was on stage because I felt like I could say whatever I wanted to say and I didn't have to bear the consequences of it because the context was that this is all comedy. Mm. So it's a joke or... Is it? People wouldn't know if I actually meant the dirty stuff I said because the context was, this is a joke. Don't take this seriously. And so I felt this freedom being on stage because I could express whatever I wanted to express. But now I feel like I'm very close to, actually, when I had that period where I had a persona, which was basically me being a version of myself that I wish that I could be in my personal life, more bold, more daring, more flirtatious people would say that's not you why don't you just try to be yourself mm. because the person who i was off stage was the opposite like kind of prudish kind of quiet quiet yeah a bit quieter a bit more immature i guess a little bit naive and then now i've gotten to a point because uh i've had to do a lot of work just internal work to get out of my depression or to just move on with life now i feel like I am very much myself on stage because I feel like in my private life, I've allowed myself to open up and be more of who I want to be oh my unapologetically. God, you just pulled me wrong. I was like, we shouldn't be using words like cathartic. 
But then after explaining that, I say, for you, stand-up comedy, the only word that's suitable in this scenario seems to be cathartic. Yeah, it's cathartic. <laughs> yeah, it's cathartic. I hope we all learn. Okay, um, yeah. it's going to be cringe again. I'm going to show you the second video. Uh-huh. This is the one you did for Comedy Central. Oh, God. And I think that's when you grew in terms of your stage confidence. Yeah, because this is persona. using the cadence. I remember watching this back and I was like, what am I doing? <laughs> okay, so sorry for that cringe, but this, you have this higher status. Yeah. I despise you, that bossy attitude. Yeah, yeah. But it's still in that pattern of cadence. Yeah. Yeah, as you say, it was a bit bossier. It was goes, a bit I don't like... give about you guys. And, exactly, yeah. exactly. And it wasn't... But is it someone you want to be? If you think about it, after it, all the work you've done for the last couple of years. If I look at this now, I see that it's a shield. It's your guard, basically. It's a guard, mm. yeah. Definitely, because I didn't want people to see who I was. And now, I mean, you're going to see me tonight. So we'll see. <laughs> technically, we'll see it's more ideal to record this after the show tonight. But, <laughs> you know, logistics. <laughs> logistics. When I look at this, I just see that I'm shielding. This is also how funny sounded and looked to me. This is what I thought was funny. And so this is why I did this. But at the same time, I can see that it's a shield because I didn't want to. I wasn't ready, I think, to be myself on stage. You can definitely go and sound like a stand-up. Yeah. And you can go through the motions of what a stand-up does. But then to me, I don't find it interesting. I find honesty interesting i hope that i've always had some kind of honesty Mm -hmm. in my comedy even though i've had a persona even though i had a character i feel like i think my worldview was always very honest that's the only thing that hasn't changed about me um i think i just want to be as honest as i can as in this is how i present my worldview and i do it through comedy that's the only way i know how and so for me it's interesting when i feel like i get a bit of the person who's speaking. For instance, Bill Burr, one of the greatest comedians, I think, but also he's just incredibly honest and we get him unfiltered, authentically. discussion started with accent in a literal sense of a linguistic yeah. accent i think with you because you have mastered such american accent <laughs> it's more metaphorical more in a derivative sense of the thing well this is it, one of the most snobbish episode it is host- isn't it i'm so sorry i'm very yes i'm very pretentious and also ironically i've mastered this accent but i cannot do any other accent i think the part of my brain that does accents only has to focus on this to keep my american accent so if Can I, you not try to fake like I a do, posh British accent? <laughs> I could. You but, would sound like Reese um, Witherspoon. Like yes. A- <laughs> <laughs> like my British friends, they're like, Anne you Hathaway. sound like an American who's in, trying to Anne do Anne Hathaway in one fine day. That yeah, kind of British yeah. Accent. It's really bad. Well, okay. I could try, but it's really... Okay, I could see really another posh. Instagram story it's coming really with bad. it. It's really bad. Please do. It's really bad. My English friends, they say that um, when I speak in an... When I try to speak in an English accent, I just sound like an American trying to put on an English accent. Oh my, there are so many layers of wrong. I know, it's Just do it. You describe it. You can't. I just just did it. Oh, you did? (laughs) I did it. (laughs) So Evelyn just apparently tried to sound like British without me even realizing she was I just did it. I just did it, Kwanwen. 
couldn't have told at all. <laughs> That's what I say. I think my accent brain is working so hard to keep my American accent intact that I have no room to do any other accent. <laughs> if if I were to nail a British accent, my American accent would just like fall away. I finally remember the question I wanted to ask. So let's say if you're doing English and a comedy, but in Sweden, uh-huh. and you suddenly your joke, the material comes from Swedish observation about Sweden. Yeah. Did you feel you have to prove to Swedish audience you are also Swedish to be able to make that joke? Because your accent make you sound American when you're performing Sweden. Oh. So I talk about this because I interview a guest from Germany, and because her English is so good. Before she jokes about her Nazi grandfather, she need to throw in a bit of phrase in German to prove to the German audience. By the way, I'm also really? German. I'm absolutely entitled to talk about my real experience. In case you think I'm just American faking German, her、oh. English was so good. She actually had to make sure there are German phrases in it. Really? Yeah. So I wonder whether it would be the same scenario. But you don't. I don't know what、no. you do English comedy. <laughs> no. <laughs> Not no. interested. Not really. Because either people know who I am. <laughs> In fact, you're big in Sweden. <laughs> big in Sweden.、Um, no, or I say that I'm Swedish, and people are fine with it. Or people will know who I am. Okay. I've never experienced that. That I have to prove. It's like so. Is it just that they distrust the? Even if she says she's German, they just. I think that when the subject matter is so sensitive, yeah, they don't think that if you don't actually have any link to that in、oh. your personal life, you don't actually have a free pass. Interesting. Do you think you're more fluent in English than Cantonese? Which oh yeah, really? Yeah, yeah. You, you would say that. Okay. What is it? My Cantonese is like the equivalent of like a ten-year-old. <laughs> I think. I mean, if you drop me in in Hong Kong, I'm fine. I can get around. My Cantonese is good enough. That I could live there. It's not good enough that I could have like a substantial conversation about art or politics or anything like that. But I can have a conversation with my cousin about oh what we did today or oh about her relationship or about my work. I can do that, but I cannot.、Uh, I, nothing of like actual substance. <laughs> But have you been using English so much that does it count more to you as a language compared to Swedish? Does Swedish hit you home? Yeah, Swedish is home. I notice it too now because I'm doing stand-up in Swedish. Swedish is I'm like,、oh, okay, if this is my, I am fluent in this. This is my mother tongue. Then it's English, and then I have Cantonese, and then I have my mom's Hupe. Um, it's Hupehua, right? I think so. It's still、yeah. it's still dialect. It's not yeah, it's that a, different from Mandarin, Mandarin compared、yeah. to Cantonese, but it is still slightly different. Yeah, yeah. it's a little bit different. But you like, wouldn't psychologically reject Swedish because when you say like the Swedish society didn't sort of hundred、uh, percent open arm. Uh, embrace you, you know, like the sentiment yeah, of all your kids, but it didn't、yeah. result in of your mental rejection of that language. Its effect on you emotionally? No, I think culturally, I probably rejected it a bit, but that was also because I, I kind of rejected my Asianness a bit. And it's not until a few years ago only, actually, when I started the Rice to Meet You podcast, like when we started doing that. That's when I started to discover my Asianness and get comfortable with it and accept it and kind of come back to or come to it really.、Mm-hmm. And from that, just getting a sense of reclaiming who I am because my Asian part is such a big part of me. I think from that I became more comfortable in who I am and also now can be more comfortable in my Swedishness as well. 
So you start the sort of self-healing process. Yes, yeah. you started with one, yeah. and they actually brought mutually... the other ones. Yeah, mm-hmm. in and it's now being in Sweden as well, I realize how Swedish I am, and I also realize an example all or two. Stuff. Mm, an example, like do your own flat pack furniture. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I am very good. I am very good at IKEA stuff. You know, I'm so hopeless. I would just go on Gumtree and hire someone to. Oh, really? Assemble. Yeah, if it's a big piece of furniture, it never comes out the same. No. Oh my god! No, no, no! Tell me next time. I'll come and do it. You I know, like, love. I pay someone like forty, fifty quid to assemble like a closet. Just buy me a dinner. Okay. And I'll do it. No, you don't even have to do. It. I yeah, but love. But you don't live in London the... now. You assemble maybe. I'll come. So, yeah. I'll come and do it. I once went to a friend's birthday and they had IKEA furniture. They had him put up and through the birthday party i just sat in his room and i put together his furniture yeah because i love putting together ikea furniture i'm insane but you know i, I mentioned it. that as a joke right? i know but that's like it, I feel it's like, so affirming i know but it's like my asianness and my <laughs> swedishness coming together that reminds me of the old opening gag of yours oh which one i'm so swedish like ikea i was made in china oh yeah and yeah, part yeah. of me like that joke part of me i'm also really glad you don't feel like you need to do that yeah, line anymore yeah, yeah and i think that is the sentiment a lot of what you consider is because let's be honest the default people expect from comedians are straight white male comedians we are deviation yeah and we have to explain why we deviate from the expectation as a norm and it was a useful and quick way to to get it out of the way but i think there always be a little bit of inherent sadness when we feel like we had to do the line yeah Yeah. that's true but it's also from like just a development of a comedian because in the beginning you're just finding yourself and you're learning how to express yourself how to be able to express what it is you think, feel to an audience. That it's all part of the course, I think, until you can finally express what it is inside of you that you want to say. Yeah. We dive so deep. <laughs> I didn't have enough silly gags or jokes. Yeah, I'm sorry. I, I tend to, uh, as I say, every session because I don't yeah. know how to end this. Yeah, I, well, you're the host. I don't know. You render me speechless. Have I? I don't do a lot of heavy. I'm sorry. You know, I this is what I. Think I don't do about this like. A, are you happy? <laughs> I do Such it. A bitch. No, oh, I do it. I do it automatically, don't I? I just do it automatically. Do you realize the reference I was getting at? Uh, yes, uh, probably a lot of them. Like no, a no, 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 podcast? no, 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 like the, uh, are you happy? No. That is from, from Steel Goldsmiths. <sighs> he always ends Kong Kong podcast there. So are you happy? Is it a joke? It, does he do it as a joke? No. 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 Oh. <laughs> so this was am I a bitch? Am I happy? Well, I'll answer that. Yes. Not, no, I'm I don't happy. want you to answer that question because I want to leave this part in. Oh, it's just okay. to lighten up the mood because okay. I, I don't want my podcast episode to end up. Are you happy? It's like, oh, this copycat thing. <laughs> That's really funny. Are you happy? Nah, it's okay. <laughs> I'm away from my mom, so I feel safe. <laughs> All right, we've got 10 minutes before the end. Yeah, let's finish so... this. Let's be in a wonderful, deeply emotional... I don't want to cheapen it, but it was a bit different experience. Was it? Is this deeper than you usually have? Yeah, I was really careful not to make any uh... noise, any sound when you are going through your thought process. I saw this, that. That felt so personal. Really? I don't want to interrupt. But at the same time, I was mindful of the time. <laughs> um, yes, I'm sorry about that. I think... No, don't be sorry. No, it was absolutely true to what you want to say. It's and so that's the whole point. Because this is where I... I operate this is where i'm at like 
I would say probably 70% of the time. Like if you ask me a question, I probably get there. But to me, it's like, it's not deep. It's just conversation. But maybe, I don't know. Maybe that's just It's not deep. It's just me. It's me who's deep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't know. All right. A valid question, last question. Okay. So Evelyn, you spent your time between Sweden and the uh-huh. UK. When people want to see you in the UK, where do they see you and how do they find you online? If oh, you're not in the UK? find me on Instagram at Evelyn Mock. I post, I'm quite active now on Instagram because I feel like I'm doing a lot because I'm doing stand up again. So stand up makes you do a lot. I'll be posting there for gigs and stuff in the UK or in Sweden. Just keep an eye on me on Instagram. If you're not sure the spelling of Evelyn Mock, just go to the episode description. It will be there. E-V-E-L-Y-N-M-O-K. <laughs> you know what people to read the episode description? I spent so much time writing time okay. for I never know people would actually bother to read that. But read you know the what? episode description <laughs> for Kwan Wen's sake. Thank you. We're going to get ourselves ready for the British Library Chinese comedian and guest gig now. So <laughs> you guys will have to wait for another time. Bye. Bye.